Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and the uh, commodore of cocktails. That's right, it is October. It's cocktail season. The brown, all the leaves are brown, and so are my spirits. Uh, um, how about them Seahawks, huh? And the Huskies, wow, it is the season. How about those Cougs? It's uh, football, and here we are, homecoming uh, all around the Pacific Northwest with the uh, beautiful leaves changing color. Of course, the grapes are being harvested still, and as is the wheat that uh, Washington grows in the Palouse. And uh, that's what helped make our um, our state's uh, independent distillery, you know, burgeoning industry here. We now have about 100 distilleries in Washington State, and a lot of that's uh, founded on the idea that we have local grains and, of course, great water and uh, even hops. And so lots of uh, grapes, of course. Um, so lots of things happening. And when it comes to spirits... There are, I always have some favorites. I think I fell in love with Crown Royal. Um, must have a expensive taste when I was a, a late teenager. I know that was always a special. Of course, we always had that little purple bag. Um, but I got a cat online. He is um, an entrepreneur, and he hails down from the great state of Texas, just a little south of Houston in a small town called Alvin, Texas. And uh, he is, um, he's got a patented process that really improves or enhances the spirit uh, appreciation. This the spirits experience, and I'm happy to have Ricky Ford. He's online, and we've got I've got like five different spirits here to try. One that is based right out of the bottle, and the other one that has actually been through the special process. So, Ricky Ford, hey, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you very much, Mr. Chan, for having me. My pleasure. Be with you. I was curious about that because I know that these days, and being a, um, a master sommelier candidate, I'm totally into the the education, learning, and understanding of tradition. And traditionally, some spirits like Armagnac in the world, which is just south of Cognac in France, made with similar grapes and similar terroir, is about having a lots of rusticity, lots of flavor. Tell me uh, how you got into this idea of actually um, working on this. Uh, we call it Presido. Yes, it's called Persado. Uh Actually, this idea was uh, was began with my it began with my father years and years ago, back in the eighties, where he was air stripping, basically pulling air rapidly through a distilled spirit, and by doing so, he would remove some of the volatile chemicals that were uh, present in a given spirit, whether it be a vodka, tequila, rum, gin, whatever. And uh, that process, uh, you know, it just became kind of a novelty around the house. He would have it there for parties and this, that, and the other. And one day I said, look, man, I think you're on to something here. You you can take something that has a little bit of a harsh edge and, and smooth it out and, and make it more palatable. And uh, I really think you're on to something. Let's, let's take it from here and see what we can do with it. And uh, so that there began the story and uh, took it to a, a well-known chemist, uh, out of Texas A&M here in in, uh, in Texas, and uh, uh, got him to help me identify the components that the process was removing. And we found out early on that yes, we were removing some of these things that caused a harsh, kind of a harsh edge, uh, but we were also losing 
10% of our alcohol, and I knew right away that that was a no that was <laughs> that's the an- so, That's not the angel's share, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. And so what we did uh, is I said, look, can you help me create a process whereby we could reach in and extract some of the things that we want to extract but leave behind the ethanol, and that began the uh, that began the whole project, and uh, started that in 2001, uh, 2000, and unfortunately in 2001 I lost my father, and so I put it on the back burner, went back in the oil and gas business, and um, 2007 Dr. Mosier, Benjamin Mosier out of out of A and M called me and said, look, I really think you guys are on to something. Would you like to finish? I said yes, I would. So. Uh, Built him out a lab and staffed him up and got him all ready and got him all the GCMS equipment he needed to analyze the uh, the spirits before and after processing. And GCMS, hold on, G. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Gas cr- chroma- gas chromometer. Um, is that right? Gas chromatography mass spec. Thank you. I was, uh, yes, I was trying to figure that, it out. That allowed him to be able to identify down to the Nat's knee what was in these spirits before and after processing. And then we could tie those components back to a flavor and aroma. So the, the, the whole trick was can we take it, remove, or A or B convert right. those things that give a distilled spirit a harsh edge? Can we do that without losing alcohol? And in 2013, we accomplished that. We filed for our patents. Patents were granted in 2015 in December. And then I spent two years contracted an engineering firm to um, to take what was a bench model that Dr. Mosier and his assistants in the uh, office uh, worked with, and took that to a grand scale. And now we're we're just now up and running with our facility down here just south of Houston, uh, where we take in a distilled spirit and we're actually able to convert that into something uh, uh, completely different. So. Interesting. So um, I, you've got this great uh, uh, brochure here that shows me uh, this interesting machine. It looks like a something out of a sci-fi movie. It looks like an, a space engine or something. It's got so many different uh, pipes and, and barrels. And, uh, of course, it looks like it's solid state. It could go probably fly to outer space. When you are removing these things or converting them, is there a discharge? Is there something that collects? And, I mean, is there some goop that comes out at the end of the thing where you got, okay, that's the bad stuff? No, sir, there's not. <laughs> okay. Everything that we're able to remove is removed in a gas form. Oh, interesting. So, so there is actually no waste or nothing to dispose of. Wow. So is that yeah. – now, what temperature – is there a volatile um, – a temperature for volatizing some of these compounds, or is it all just a, a filtering process? Or tell me more. Okay. Share this uh, this magic that you do. Yeah. So what we do is we control seven process parameters within an enclosed vessel, and in that vessel, we're able to create an environment whereby we extract certain impurities or we convert other impurities. Now. In that vessel, we have what we call uh, ultrasound, which most people are familiar with, but it's a high-energy field uh, that we use to actually crack or, or fracture a hydrogen bond, which holds on to these nasty impurities that we want to extract. Okay? Wow. Okay. So then we utilize uh, food-grade nitrogen and food-grade CO2 
to sweep the system and actually extract those uh, components that we're, that, we're, that we're looking to remove. And then in the second phase, we use the CO2 to actually do the conversion. So we'll actually extract things like methanol, butanol, propanol, aldehydes, things that have that harsh edge. Fusel alcohols, right? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. That's exactly right. And then, you know, which are natural byproducts. You know, most of the distillers are going to remove those in the heads of the tails, but some of those always end up in a distilled spirit. Right. And you will you will also be able to taste or smell those when they're present. Okay. And then in the second phase of the process, we utilize carbon dioxide along with our ultrasound to actually create a conversion of what the industry knows as fatty acids. Right. So an octanoic acid would get converted to its corresponding flavor ester. So something that's waxy, cheesy, goaty, not pleasant, gets converted over to a pear or a banana or, <laughs> or whatever. I love it. This and is... that's, a natural, that's a natural process that occurs in, in a barrel. As well, so esterification also happens in a barrel. We're just able to kind of take it to a new level and kind of jumpstart it and assist the barrel in, in finishing out that uh, that conversion. That's we per- don't replace the barrel, and we're sure. very very uh, very open about that. We we're more of a we're more of a partner to the barrel. We're a technology that respects tradition. We're, right. We're, you know, we're we're more of a partner to that that barrel process. Interesting. So uh, you are helping companies. Is this something that's been in demand from the distilling industry? Yeah, it's a really interesting. We just got cranked up and just got started, um, and uh, we've uh, landed a few uh, customers here on the front end. So we, we have a uh, tasting room down here south of Houston where we, we welcome distillers to bring their distillate in here. We, ah. have, a, we have a bench model system behind the bar a very beautiful place here. Uh, we have a bench model system where the folks can sit at the bar. We can show them the technology. We can process their spirit. We can do some tastings. Uh, that the, the process is actually tunable, which allows that craft oh, right. to be able to play a part in creating their spirit and what goes in their bottle. So we you know we're able to we're able to 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 tune it and allow them to have ownership of what they end up doing to their spirit that that's in the bottle and the process is a 20 minute process oh, really i was going to ask that as my question i mean how long do you have to wait i think 20 minutes is the perfect amount of time because it's it's long enough to go okay this is serious but short enough so they don't like they can actually wait their patience it's not too tested no that's exactly right they sit here at the bar and Everyone that comes in, uh, they bring their spirits. We, we process it for them. They're able to see it up close. They're able to kick the tires. We're able to talk to them about the the process, what's going on while they watch it. It all happens in a glass vessel so they can see it, so they can they can really capture what's going on. And then we're able to talk, uh, walk them out into the um, into the shop and show them the full production system where we're able to do about. Well, somewhere about uh, 1,000 and 
1,200 gallons a day, depending on the proof that we're running through there. I see. Okay. And that's interesting because that's, um, that's really a, a smaller independent distillery kind of number, unless because for, for big people, I mean, like Jim Beam, they make uh, 100,000 gallons a day or something, right? I mean, it's just something crazy that's like correct. that. That's correct. Yeah. We're, we're engineering our, our, third, our third upscale system that will be able to, uh, you know, work with the big boys. Uh, our target has always been for the craft distillers. As you know, that's a growing market. Lots of craft distillers out there that, <laughs> that want to either, A, in, increase the quality of the product that they're able to create given today's tools, or, B, they want to create a new expression to put in a bottle. So maybe they have, you know, ABC bourbon, and then they have an ABC special release. Right. So we're able to help them create that 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 other product that gives them more real estate on the shelf. Interesting. Well, knowing that we have some distillers listening right now here in Washington State, and of course in Oregon and Idaho and Montana, uh, online, etc. Um, where can we get some information about this? Uh, it's Presedo or Presedo? It's called Presedo. Uh, the name came from me googling one night, and P E R came up in uh, I think in Italian or Latin is very. Sado came up as smooth, right? So I put the two together and called it very smooth. Um, <laughs> you can always go to our website at www.persado.com. Uh, I'll be more than happy to give out my phone number. I'm I'm always available via phone uh, at seven one three five zero two ninety three eighty three. So. I love that. Rarely do I have a a, a guest who's going to give them the personal phone number so they can take calls. But uh, I, I'm excited to taste. You actually sent me um, some vodka uh, with a control and then the polished version. You sent me Cruz and Rum, which uh, is one of my favorite, the Blanco. Hornitos, uh, which is a huge tequila brand, of course. And Jim Beam and Crown Royal. So in our next segment, I'm going to pour some of the spirits, taste the control, and then taste the polished version. Uh, so we got some five spirits. So hey, folks, uh, stick around. I got Ricky Ford, the founder, uh, master uh, filterer, or master conversioner of spirits with Presedo. And uh, we're going to come back after this break and try some of the great spirits that he sent me. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. He's local. He's all Northwest. Lars Larson, weekdays noon to 3, Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. It's time to jump into some spirits. I've got uh, 10 little bottles here. Uh, one, two, three, four. Actually, I've got, yeah, 10 bottles and a cool cat on the line. Ricky Ford is the founder and patent uh, producer of the Presedo process, which is uh, very smooth, and he helps convert and or filter, remove or perhaps uh, convert some of the flavor pro- uh, profiles of different spirits. And the first I have here is vodka. So, Ricky, you asked me to take a taste of the polished vodka first, so I'm going to do that. Okay. Yeah, when you taste that, uh, when you taste the polished product, you know, we always tell folks that when they when they consume the product, uh, 
to actually let it let it soak around the mouth. Right. Get it get it get it heavy on the palate. Let your palate take all all the flavors in. And nosing. Yes, and nosing is also another very important thing. Um, so vodka by by for me vodka this is tastes like it has a sweetness to it like there's there's no sugar in this right I mean alcohol has a sweet taste by nature um, but this is really smooth. That is exactly right. There is no sugar. There is no additives there. So it's something very important for you to understand on this vodka. This vodka is a neutral grain spirit that is purchased uh, from a large um, distiller. And because uh, no one really makes neutral grain spirits. <laughs> I know. It's, you know, colorless, odorless, so, tasteless, but it's got to taste and look like vodka. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we buy that product. Most vodka producers out there, if they're going to produce a good grade vodka, will throw that through another distillation column. Sure. They'll filter it with some sort of activated carbon. They'll cut it with water. They'll put it in a bottle. And that's their vodka. We take that same neutral grain spirit. We throw it through our process, we cut it with water, and that's what you have in front of you there. So we don't, we don't, we don't do, do any additional distillation. We don't do any activated carbon charcoal filtering. We don't do nothing. All we do is our process, water, and you got the vodka. Interesting. And I, I would imagine the water is ion, um, whatever, free of ions, and it's... Uh... Yeah, we actually use a, a reverse osmosis water. Sure. Um, yeah, we're on a very deep well here. We have a very extensive filtration system, and we close that filtration system out with R. Right. Uh, I took a, s- a sip of the control, and I'll tell you that uh, the polished one is very, very smooth and has that sweet finish. The control has a little bit of bitterness on the finish. It's a little hot. There's a little bit of burn, which I, you know, is is normal because that's the way we think of with alcohol. But I tell you, the polished version didn't have that. Yeah, that's that's what you're tasting. There is, it's are those minute compounds that are left over in the distillation process of creating a neutral grain spirit. You still have trace contaminants in there, and that's what you're tasting. Most distillers will try to take those out with a distillation column. Sure, trying to strip it. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, and and by the way, they lose 20% of the product when they do it, at least. Uh Uh-oh, that's no good. uh, We are losing zero. We lose zero with our process, and, and distillation filtration has losses associated with those. Well, that's good because you don't want to actually pay someone to do what you do and then find out that you got 20% less product. At the end. <laughs> that's right. It's like you're saying. That is the beauty part of the whole process, is that, and what, why it took us six years to develop the technology is that we do not lose alcohol. All right, next one is cruising rum. Of course, cruising uh, is that's Puerto Rico or is where is that cruising? Um, British, no, uh, cruising rum, Virgin Islands, Saint Croix, Saint Croix. Yeah, Saint Croix, that's what right? I thought. Okay, cool. So I've got the polished version of cruising rum, and this is the Blanc version, Blanco, just the white rum, which is actually aged in uncharred oak barrels. That is correct. So we polished that. Sent you a polished version of that. Yep. I would suggest you do the same thing. Taste that. Let that kind of sit on the palate. Obviously, you're a very good taster. Your credentials are are unmatched, and I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Um, and again, I, I do like cruising. I asked you to send products that I'm very familiar with, and so I know the flavor profile. And I know that um, 
that I've enjoyed these products in the past. You know, for better or for worse, it's what it is. But here, this is really impressive. Now, if I'm going to buy a ten dollar bottle, is there is there um, a a cost actually? Obviously, you have you're in business. But is it is the cost prohibitive to do something in a value range, or do you really want to go premium because this is a special process? Well, uh, are you asking what the cost is to actually perform the? Process? Well, I'm just curious. You know, what would it yeah. what would it add to the bottle price? Because I, you know, I yeah. mean, um, I would think that if it's a significant cost, you have to start charging more, which makes your version more premium, right? Because again, no, that question. Okay. So I'll answer it this way. Depending on the proof that we process uh, is going to tell you what the what the impact on the bottle is going to be. So if we had higher proof to process, the impact's less because you're going to cut it with water, obviously. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. We find the cost to be somewhere in the 40 to $0.50 cents per bottle. Okay. That's nominal. That's that's great. Is, you I mean, know, so... For what you're getting, yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got a, you know, uh, a $20 bottle of Cruzan. And then we create a special release, and it costs you fifty cents. And instead of nineteen ninety nine, it's twenty nine ninety five. It makes sense. All right, I am on to the Hornitos Tequila, which uh, of course down from Mexico, made from one hundred percent blue Weber agave or the uh, blue agave. Um, I've got the polished version here, which um, and I'm curious. I don't see any gin. I didn't ask for gin, but when you do, you actually process gin, or is that sort of oh, yeah. a trickier? No, actually, gin. I, I wish I, if I would have known you like gin, I would have included one. Gin's one of our favorites that we do. I bet. Yeah, because there's so many more little cautioners, right? Jump out exactly. Yeah, those botanicals jump out, no doubt about it. Now, I will tell you this, uh, Christopher, is is that this process is completely tunable. I think I mentioned. That oh yes, earlier. that's it's right. Very important for them to know because. If we get too smooth on something, we can back it down. If you like a little bit of a burn or a little bit of a squint in the eye when you sip it, that's not a problem. We can leave a little bit of that in. So. You just got the dial. Do you have one, that, the knob that's that true. goes to 11? <laughs> okay, I've got uh, the Hornitos here. Now, here's my first impression on nosing the Hornitos. First of all, the polished version, it smells very fruity. Um, it's reminding me a little of orange or something. And then the uh, control version, it had fruitiness, but it also had a little fusel volatile note at the finish, which, you know, we kind of think of tequila being a rustic uh, spirit. Um, but I, I really love this first version of the Hornitos with all that really direct fruit note. I've never, I've never met you, but you're very good. Um, that is a very consistent statement with what we hear wow. uh, at the tasting room from people that that are are very good. So, um, yes, we're able to to kind of strip away that burn and let those let those Man. underlying distillate flavors and aromas. This is my favorite through. so far. Wow. Is it really? Yeah, this is just so delicious. I've never had tequila. Well, I probably have, but this tequila so, is speaking to me. <laughs> Hola, so amigo. Let me ask you: On that tequila, did you did you catch the pepper on the front end? Uh, yes, that's one of the notes you get. We talk about pepper and that mm-hmm. spice note with uh, tequila, especially blanco. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's there. This is these flavors are deep, uh, and I like that. Really, the polished one is um, it's packaged well. I mean, it just fits the mouth wonderfully. It really, you know, I'm trying to find something here to, to beat you up on, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I certainly appreciate it, and I, and I really appreciate the fact that everyone has a different taste profile. This is true. Everyone's a little different. 
Um, but we have tasted uh, hundreds and hundreds of folks, and, and it's very consistent. All right. Hey, Ricky, we're our last week. We just got two minutes, so we're going to get finished with sure. this Jim Beam because this is one of the most popular bourbons uh, in the world. Of course, one of the forefathers of the distilling. Uh, so really, what, what are you removing here, which is kind of a common um, note in uh, bourbon? Yeah, in the bourbon, I think the the biggest impact that we have there are the are the conversions of some of those fatty acids, which are very common in tequilas, in rums, and in whiskeys. So the, our ability to to further uh, 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 convert those fatty acids into something that is more palatable, I think, is what you're going to appreciate there. So I think you'll notice on the Jim Beam a better mouthfeel, less burn. Uh, and overall more pleasant experience. True, and what you've also taken out from the polished version is some of the wood tannin. I know that you get that burn that kind of um, really accents the tannin, the, the astringent we get we from the barrel. Yes. That is a very good point. Uh, you know, you get the... I always grade a whiskey by how astringent it right. is. exactly. Does it feel like I just washed my mouth out with scope, <laughs> or is it something that is palatable? It's smooth and it's creamy on the on the palate. Or a spoonful that's of sawdust. What we're trying to create. <laughs> well, congratulations. This has been a real treat. Um, I was kind of curious of, about you know the some of the secrets in this distilling industry, and of course, this is uh, now would be common knowledge or public knowledge with a patent. Um, well, congratulations. I think you've really helped benefit the industry. You're going to get some awards someday. I'm sure it'll be a lifetime achievement award. But we know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting old. Uh, Ricky Ford, hey, what a treat. It's Persado.spirits.com. What's the website again? Yeah, it's com. Okay, that's an easy one. Um, what a treat. Congratulations. And uh, for carrying on your father's legacy, I know um, we got to take love our dads while they're here. And uh, I'm excited for you and for, for what you've uh, done for the industry. I look forward to uh, seeing if I can find some of those from our local distilleries getting involved. And uh, Ricky Ford, thank you so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you very much for having me. All right, folks. Hey, stick around. We're going to talk about one of the best programs in the world. It's a bar program out of Kansas City. So we'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Putting America first and holding the powerful accountable. Sean Hannity, weekdays 6 to 9 p.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round three. And uh, I've got a cool cat on the line. He's out of Kansas City. I'm not sure if that's Missouri or <laughs> Kansas, uh, uh, but he'll uh, he just got some great awards for his program. He's the bar manager. His name is Brock Schulte, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, his great program out in Kansas City. Which you know I'm want to head there someday. My buddy's a Chiefs fan, and we'll go you know spank some cheese butt on the Seahawks. But <laughs> Brock Schulte, oh, hey, welcome to Happy fired. Hour. Shots Thank fired, you, exactly. Friend. I know that was quite a game last year here in Seattle with uh, the Chiefs, and I think it was a Sunday night or Monday night game. It was really fun, pretty fun. I think I was in Mexico at the time. Yeah, that was, that's always a good game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, congratulations. Are you a Midwesterner, I take it, or did you come from a huge metropolis I, into the... No, actually, I graduated in a town of about 250 people out in southwest Kansas. Okay. All right. Did you play basketball? So, 
I played every sport. Everybody played every of sport. Of course. Both sides, too, I'm sure, right? Just this, this right? seven on seven or something. Uh, and yeah. so in college, you learned to drink, is that right? Or did you go to college? Did you learn to drink in high school? I bet 250 people. I actually, I actually went to uh, Mid American Nazarene, and I didn't drink in high school at all. Um, and the Nazarene, if you know, they aren't a drinking uh, religion at whatsoever. But I did uh, sneak off a little bit on the weekends and get a little bit into it. Um, especially my junior and senior year, <laughs> but, um, I really, really got into it, uh, bartending, uh, after I graduated, I was on, I was planning on going to, uh, med school and started studying for the MCAT and got to the physics part and was like, I really don't want to do this anymore. And then really just fell in love with bartending and started doing it more and more and dedicating myself to it. And it's kind of worked out for me so far. Pretty neat. I know that. And so you're in the Kansas side or are you on the Missouri side? The Missouri side. Okay. Uh, and I know there's a place called Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> uh, do you yeah, have a cocktail yeah. like that? I mean, is your Manhattan different than someplace else? Actually, I think uh, we have a Manhattan, a Brooklyn-style cocktail variant, which is very similar to a Manhattan, using a, a Mary Pecan. We have to make our own Mary Pecan. Um, we call it the Louisiana Purchase, and it uses um, Jefferson Ocean, our single barrel pick of Jefferson Ocean, um, a Mary Pecan, and then what we call Infinity Vermouth. And we actually uh, don't dilute the cocktail at all. We serve it... Um, almost frozen and really, really cold. So what I hate about Manhattans in the summer and especially right. with our heat is that the end of the Manhattan always is warm and you don't, I feel like with that vermouth, you never want it. So we serve it really cold. We uh, chill down the cocktail glass with liquid nitrogen and pour it wow. out in front of the guests for a little show and put a little um, uh, salted cardamom bitters on top. Hey, with, th- wow. The bitters, the, bitter, the bitters have a little bit of iron in them, so it gives it a really nice uh, mouthfeel. Interesting. Well, first of all, let's talk about the Monarch Bar. Tell me, give me the history of this place. So we've been open for two years. Uh, the owner is David Manica. He's a uh, world-renowned architect. He actually designed the uh, game they're building in Vegas right now. Um, so he basically does sports stadiums all across the world. Oh, uh, right. He, yeah. yeah. So when he travels, he gets to go to all these really nice, you know, top 100 bars in Italy and and stuff and he always wanted to have something in kansas city so we kind of got together it's kind of serendipitous we um uh we get our haircut at the same place and our barber actually introduced us together and you know a year and a half later we were open the monarch and wow. now we're just had our two year we just had our two-year anniversary and um things are going really well we we like what we're doing and you know let's talk about some of the awards that you've been um you've received so far sure so um, we had Cheers Bevex Award this past year uh, uh, for Beverage Excellence, um, Best Cocktail, or uh, I believe it was Best Cocktail Menu, uh, Cocktail Bar in, in the country. And then we also, um, sorry, we were uh, a Midwest finalist or uh, nominated for a James Beard Award. That was probably, uh, for me, the biggest one for us. Right. Um, and then... Best Bar Program, right? Uh, uh-huh. Or Best Cocktail Bar. Uh, we were nominated for Tails um, Midwest, so things are coming in doing really well. We like it a lot. Fantastic. I'm looking at a picture of the bar, and it looks really neat that the bar is actually the center of the entire room. It's a U-shaped bar, and it uh, looks well lit, lots of white high stools. Uh, and tell me, is it just a bar, or do you have food as well? We do have food, just little small snacks, though. It's only about an eight-item menu that uh, just to keep you uh, satiated while, you, while we're while I'm vibing. So pickled eggs and hot mamas and beer nuts? 
<laughs> a little bit more refined, you know, not, not nothing crazy. Awesome. Um, and where did you, are you, as the bar manager, are you working collaboratively with some of the mixologists or are you actually leading the way and saying, Hey, this is my vision. This is what we've got. I'm going to train you and you can maybe do riffs off of that later. But tell me about the, the staff Absolutely. and, um, uh, everybody, everybody in our staff actually does, um, all the bartenders do train through me before they bartend. Um, I bartend um, more during the week and not so, and do a lot more floor managing on the weekends. Sure, but um, that's just because we get really really busy. Um, but we do have a pretty intense program. If you you said you're looking at the bar, if you notice, um, we don't have a back bar at all. Right. So all our sixty drink cocktail menu is all. Um, in bottles below you. So where a normal bar might have 8, 16, 20 bottles in a well, sure. we have um, we have over 120 in between the two wells. Wow. Um, so everything is batched for consistency ahead of time. We do, um, we always have four to six different types of citrus. We have um, up to 10 or 12 um, different syrups that are readily made. And then we... Um, we do bottle cocktails and uh, serve cocktails on draft as well. Oh, cool. So actually, you, instead of a bottle of wine, you can order a bottle of cocktails. Is that right? Absolutely. That's pretty neat. And are these clear bottles so you can see the, the liquid, or the, and do they have labels? Is it something that you're actually bottling, or is it just more casual, like yeah, a we growler? Have, we, depending on the type of uh, cocktail we're going for, uh, most of them are labeled, but we do have a few that are unlabeled but on purpose. So it's more like what we're trying to get out of the drink. Um, not so much growler format, but we have had uh, we have had tables requested, and we're always happy to acquiesce. Pretty neat. And uh, how is the culture there in Kansas City? I know that you know we think of Kansas City, we think of barbecue, right? Kansas City barbecue, Kansas City sure. rules. I'm actually a certified barbecue Kansas City rules barbecue association judge. Um, nice. So I know what taste, tenderness, texture, and, and uh, appeal, flavor <laughs> go with. Um, but tell me about the scene out there. As, as a Monarch bar, I mean, pushing with such great accolades and having such craft cocktails, are, are you a singular um, a, a extension out there? Or is, are people, is that kind of the trend taking over? You know, I think that we have a really great food and drink scene, um, period. Uh, we're... Not so much as uh, New York and Chicago quite yet, but I think that we're we're definitely on our way. We um, we're we're doing well in um, you know nominated categories for James Beard and Tales of the Cocktail and things like that. So I think there's a huge focus on the scene, um, and of course we like you know pushing the envelope and you know doing our best to stay on top. Well, I was um, I saw one of your menu items here, the cocktail I should say, Pacific Coast. Uh, Wait, the guests can take a spirit-filled journey along the Pacific Coast with the monarch favor, the West Coast Migration. Tell me about this cocktail and what vessel do you serve it in? So the West Coast Migration is a Collins style or a long drink. So we do serve it in a Collins box. Um, we do it over petal ice. Um, that cocktail in particular is uh, really neat because we, um, we combine St. George's uh, green chili vodka with a little bit of sombra mezcal. So like you were talking about um, barbecue, it really is a Kansas City style cocktail sure. for the West Coast. A little smoky, so yeah. It's it's got a, it's got a little smoke to it. It's very high in acid. Um, to uh, we use lime juice with a uh, passion fruit honey syrup, and passion fruit kind of has its own acidity. It's sure it does, yeah. Um, so it all really goes well together. And um, 
I think what you'll notice as well is there's a little bit of Riesling in there. Now, this isn't like a really sweet Riesling. It's a, it's a dry Riesling. But what it does is help reinforce the minerality of the Sombra Mezcal mm. and then just the absolute greenness of the chilies. So um, it really rounds out the cocktail, rounds out the mouthfeel, and uh, makes the drink uh, super um, clinching. Uh, there, and then we top it with a little bit of uh, Dogfish Head's uh, sequinch. Is that a um, a light ale or is that a? Uh... It's a so it's a it's a sour ale. It's actually, oh, okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a sorry, a goes not a. Yes, it goes right, a, which is sour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And it um, so it has coriander, salt, black lime, and lime peels in it. So it, it itself is also very high in acidity. So that passion fruit honey syrup lets it uh, really round out and go a long way. Fantastic. I'm I'm really impressed with that. I know uh I'll say this, uh, you know, twelve, fourteen years ago we were doing margaritas with jalapeno. So we kinda we knew that, but it was, it's, that you know, it was just kinda fun and now here you've taken it to a, an, an extra level and elevated to uh world class status. What's the website for the Monarch Bar? Uh it is the monarchbar.com. And um, I know we've got a few minutes left. We're going to take a break here for just a moment. But when we come back, you have a, a very special charity or, or cause that you uh, champion down there. And we'll learn more about that. Speaking with the Monarch Bars, bar manager Brock Schulte. He's in Kansas City, Missouri. And we'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back to our fourth and final segment in today's show. And uh, we're fortunate to have great restaurants, great wineries, distilleries, breweries, uh, chefs, uh, and, of course, media moguls like me. Uh, but that is uh, not just singular to the Pacific Northwest. We have an award-winning um, bar program in Kansas City, Missouri, and I've got the, the Monarch Bars bar manager, Brock Schulte. Hey, Brock, um, the Monarch, the, the word Monarch, tell me about the history of this name and where you actually, what you're doing with it. Sure. So um, what's really neat about uh, just the Monarch period is um, Kansas City has a really great history with um, uh, patriotic or charity or, you know, causes. Yeah. Well, just philanthropy, Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City Royals, the Monarchs, the the Negro baseball team. So they just have a a really great uh, history using words like Monarch and Royals and Chiefs and stuff like that. Was that Negro baseball team down there? Was that part of the history? It was. Hey, yeah, hey, was. look at me. So, so they were going to go with um, like the king kingship sort of with Monarchs, um, but we wanted to take it a different direction and actually um, highlight uh, the butterfly, which is a, kind of a really a really interesting creature in that it travels 3,000 miles a year, um, and they all, take all different types of migrations across America and in, in some cases even the world. So what this allowed us to do is um, plot cocktails like we just talked about the Pacific coastline, um, that cocktail is specific for those ingredients. Most of those ingredients are found along that coastline, and um, it was developed as a, a flavor you would want to drink while you were on the Pacific coastline. We have the Atlantic coastline, the Midwest. So it's a way to like 
um, highlight areas and um, cuisines and flavors from all over the world on our menu. Wow, that's really cool. Um, in the Monarch Butterfly, when you say it flies, travels 3,000 miles, I think it actually travels like 5,000 miles because you ever see a butterfly fly, it goes up and down, left and right. And, you know, <laughs> right? It doesn't seem like it goes north-south much. Uh, but I know sure. I just, in my backyard this summer, I just saw them and made me laugh. That I mean, how could they see? You'd think that those little brains were like, oh, my God. But you know, they, they find each other. You know, I mean, yeah. a butterfly, they, they know. Yeah. And so what we do a little bit of um, charitable work with is um, uh, Missouri for Monarchs. And uh, we also work with Powell Gardens, which is a, uh, like a conservatory out, uh, out here in, just outside of Kansas City. And um, we do basically a butterfly release every year and try to raise awareness um, on raising milkweed because that's the only thing that the Monarchs eat is this uh, specific variety of milkweed. And... Um, it's just a way for us to, you know, bring attention to a good cause. When does that take place? When the butterfly is that in the spring or is that in summer? Or? Uh, we do it um, late summer. We actually just did it um, this past August, uh, right before our anniversary. Interesting. And so you, I mean, I'm curious: are they cloning butterflies, or are these butterfly eggs, and you're looking at cocoons and all that, huh? Yeah. So the Powell Gardens actually raises a. Um, uh, raises monarchs for us, and then we release them out on our cherub, um at a ticketed event every year. That's pretty neat. Uh, I wonder if you have like a star monarch with a little uh, yellow dot on its head. So, you know, if you find this monarch 3,000 miles away, you come in, you get a free cocktail, <laughs> something like that. I'll do that every I'll do that all day long. It's kind of like the duck races, those rubber duck races down the river. Uh, well, congratulations. Uh, the Monarch Bar sounds like a fantastic place. Um, it's really neat to see uh, a young person uh, establish themselves on, a, on a, a national stage. Congratulations for that. And um, I really like the ingenuity on, and inspiration for your cocktails. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to steal a little bit of this one, and I've used some wine and some cocktails before, um, but you've, you've gone over and above. You've got two kinds of spirits, a, a white wine and a beer involved, so... So um, that's a lot of complexity, and congratulations. And uh, the website again is? Uh, TheMonarchBar.com. Pretty neat. And, uh, uh, well, good luck. Have a great time in Kansas City this football season. Um, I'm going to come down there and visit one of these days. I'll be sure to look you up. But, again, if you're ever in Seattle and want to check us out, please do and look me up here in Happy Hour Radio. Brock Schulte, yeah, sir. Thank you. Monarchs Bar Manager, thank you so much for joining me in Happy Hour Radio. All Thank right. You. Hey, folks, that's uh, that's a wrap for today's show. Um, I've got tons of spirits here still, so I'm going to have to share them with my pal, Mike, who's in the back making uh, me making me look so good, right? <laughs> uh, but again, I hope you enjoyed the show. We do have a website. It's happyhourradio.net. It's uh, brand new and uh, super cool. Um, up uh, and I want to say thanks, Stacy and Co. She, uh, Stacy Edwards, is the web designer. She spent some work, uh, and I spent some money on it. So it's a, it's a win-win, and uh, we're really proud to feature all of our 300 plus shows now. It's crazy. It's been um, I just celebrated what my fifth year in February. And the six years just around the corner. And I hope to see you out at some of these events. Um, there's lots going on in October. Um, I'm actually lucky to be home for a while. Uh, I'll be heading off to Arizona to visit Grandpa. He's 92 in Tucson. And I'm going to hang out with him for five days. We'll watch the football, have some cocktails. But when I'm back, I'll be back for like six weeks. And I'm super excited. Great to be back into the Pacific Northwest. This is one of the best seasons of our 
or five seasons, <laughs> or is it just three? Anyway, folks, uh, look forward to seeing you on the radio next week. And remember, when you're out and about, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!